Welcome to Reveal, the Revenue Intelligence Podcast powered by Gong. We're your hosts, Devin Reed. And I'm Sheena Badani. Revenue intelligence is a new way of operating based on customer reality instead of opinions, making data-driven decisions based on facts instead of opinions or guesswork. And it's made up of three success pillars, people intelligence, deal intelligence, and market intelligence. You know, the things all revenue teams need and care about. Every week, we interview senior revenue professionals and share their stories and insights on how they leverage revenue intelligence to drive success and win their market. You'll hear how modern go-to-market teams win as a team, close revenue with critical deal insight, and execute their strategic initiatives, plus all the challenges that come along with it. Sheena Badani, we have a special guest this week for Reveal. We do. We are super excited to have Jill Harris, who is a senior director of sales at LogMeIn. And she's specially joining us for our GKO for this reveal live session. And what's, uh, you know, kind of special and different about this episode is we really go deep in coaching and the role that Gong plays in coaching at LogMeIn. We have been on a coaching kick recently, and I don't regret it one bit. Uh, Jill was fantastic, and I really, I really enjoyed listening to it because I love sales coaching. No, no, no shock there. But she goes really deep into how coaching has become a part of her culture and how she uses data to drive her coaching decisions and track progress. Which I think, even like just listening to her, I'm like, this is kind of like the holy grail of like coaching. Like this is where people mm-hmm. strive to want to get to. So uh, if you're listening to this and you're interested in coaching or even just, you know, elevating your coaching culture at your company, you're in the right spot. So let's go hang out with Jill. Jill, welcome to Gong's GKO. We are so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much, Gina, for inviting me. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. And this is also the first time we're doing a reveal live um, with our employee audience. So you get a bit of a behind the scenes peek of what goes into recording a podcast episode with our amazing guests. Uh, So Jill, we're really excited to have you here again. So uh, you're currently Senior Director of Sales at LogMeIn. Can you give us a quick overview of your role, a bit of an overview of LogMeIn, and what are you focused on there today? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So I've moved into a new role uh, in 2021. So I'm a senior director of our enterprise group uh, in North America. And so for enterprise, uh, that constitutes our larger employees, uh, sorry, our larger customers um, by employee size. So it's companies that are above 1,000 employees, account executives are 60 in the group. And so they're really responsible for landing and expanding existing customers as well as new business um, Log Me In is a work from anywhere company, uh, so we offer many um, remote work technologies, and so we have about 15 different technologies in our portfolio. But um, you know, critical to our success uh, for 2021 is really cross-selling um, in our customer base, and uh, many customers might have only one technology. Um, out of the 15. And so we're really trying to tell the full story story and show the full portfolio and and trying to cross sell. What are some of your most popular technologies that our listeners would be familiar with? Um, So LastPass um, is a password vaulting tool um, to manage passwords. And so that's uh, very popular. Um, There's a a consumer um, freemium side of the technology as well as an enterprise side of the technology. Uh, We have uh, remote support tools uh, like LogMeIn Rescue, 
um, to that IT professionals use to remote into computers to to fix uh, technology issues that are going on. Um, we also have GoToMeeting, which is uh, similar to uh, the technology we're using right now. Uh, GoToWebinar is another one that many marketers use uh, for webinars. I have used LastPass at a company before, and thank you, Joe, for reminding me. Uh, don't tell Luis, my IT manager, but my password for my laptop right now is password. So that's the first thing I'm going to do after this interview is update that. Sorry, Luis. Uh, quick note, 80, 80% of, of breaches happen through password-related issues. Um, so definitely uh, change that. But it's very common, right? Password, it's tough to uh, remember all of the different um, you know, hundreds of different password combinations that we need to, uh, to manage. Thank you for proving how bad of an idea it was to share that. <laughs> so Jill, I understand that one of your passions is mixology. So I have to ask, what's your favorite cocktail that you've learned how to make? And have you invented anything of your own concoction? Yeah, so I uh, love a tasty cocktail. Um, I would say uh, my favorite cocktail is a little bit boring, but I do a ton of different twists and variations on that. So my favorite cocktail is a margarita. Um, I'm actually half Mexican, so I feel like tequila is in my blood. Um, and I do many, many different variations, but uh, a fun one that I did this past holiday season was a coconut mezcal um, tequila cocktail with a simple syrup that I made with fresh rosemary. Um, and so like to do many different variations depending on the season. Um, one of the things that I'm experimenting uh, with now is switching up a traditional Manhattan um, where you use rye whiskey and I'm swapping that out with aged tequilas. So I'm trying a little Anejo instead of, uh, in instead of whiskey. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fun and, and love it. I love a tasty cocktail and still have a ton to learn. We are one of the same. I love a good margarita as well. And I know you're a pro because knowing simple syrup is the is not the answer alone. It's making your own and having different flavors. Yes. That's like the upper echelon. So I, yes. I know you're for real. And, and speaking of a good cocktail, we should cheers to log me in having such a strong 2020, despite the you know pandemic and the crazy year. So we're curious to hear your thoughts on how sales teams can really keep their skills sharp during good times and during more challenging times? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great question. And, um, you know, thank you. Um, thank you. I think 2020 was a very unique year and definitely a silver lining for LogMeIn um, that we had such a great year. But to your point, I think, um, you know, sales reps can be really uh, take risks, right, in good times when they have uh, a bigger pipeline. Um, they can get riskier with the techniques that they're trying, right? Um and kind of learning from their mistakes. Um, I think it's really hard when, um, you know, in, in the times when it's tough and the pipeline isn't as large and it's scarier to take those risks because you could lose that deal by pushing back or negotiating maybe um, or not getting to the decision. Um, so, you know, I think um, ways to keep your skills sharp is um, constantly coaching your sales reps. So we, um, it's why we bought, and purchase Gong this year. I think um, definitely one of the longer sales cycles we've we've had. Um, and want to thank Jefferson, our account executive, for hanging in with us. Um, I think prior to that we were working with Brian Tucker, but it all paid off. Um, I would say, and 
you know, we um, are constantly coaching our sales reps um, by sharing the different sales techniques on the calls. Um, We've built out a huge call coaching library where we capture discovery calls, calls where um, negotiation tactics are uh, really strong. Um, Cross-selling is critical for us. So we've uh, saved, you know, key calls uh, in the library where folks are doing that really well, handling objections well, building rapport really well. Um, so improving skill sets is really about coaching, right? And helping sales reps to uh, listen to their own calls as well as listen to their peers' calls um, and really trying to model those best-in-class techniques. Can you describe a little bit of like the before and after gong in regards to coaching? Like what did coaching look like before you had gong in your hands? I would say before we had gong, we were making a ton of assumptions of what was actually taking place in calls. So I think uh, before we had Gong, um, the coaching that we would do is uh, kind of just-in-time coaching in the office where, you know, we were sitting next to, um, again, our sales reps and coaching them based on calls that they had or we had overheard. Um, A lot of the coaching was around forecasting and around deals and a little less around sales techniques. We did that in role-playing. But I would say it was very simulated and um, not always real life scenarios. And so um, when, you know, we got access to Gong, it really opened up our eyes to what was actually taking place in these calls. Um, Again, a lot of assumptions were made. We would do sales training, for example, on um, our sales methodologies. Command of the message is uh, the sales methodology that we use and we do training Um, and made a lot of assumptions that the sales reps were using the right techniques. Um, And really with Gong, it helped us to essentially bring it to the next level um, and and be much more um, observant in what was actually taking place. Um, And um, again, really just changing behaviors by, you know, again, reviewing calls, commenting on calls, sharing them, saving them in libraries, um, and so it's really uh, changed our um, the way we go about it dramatically. And um, again, we're seeing lots of really great changes and results. And it's only just begun. That's great to hear. Jill, is Command the Message the force management training? Yes, exactly. That is the first sales training I ever did when I was an AE. Um, do they still say that there's two things I remember vividly? One was don't leave any meat on the bone. When it comes to discovery, <laughs> I have no idea if he still says this is a you know seven seven eight years ago. The other one is to make them wear the coat of pain when it comes to discovery, which was his way of saying don't don't keep it surface level. Get to that business you know that business problem. And uh, from the look on your face, it doesn't look like they still have those two talk tracks, which maybe is a good thing. <laughs> I don't remember. so I think at a high level, I don't know if they they say it in those exact ways, but yeah, there's specifically a mantra, um, that they use, um, that we use. Um, and again, it's, it's a lot around discovery and, you know, the, the three levels of why, but trying to, uh, essentially capture, um, and quantify the pain, um, in economic term in terms. Uh, so that way, again, you can highlight essentially the ROI and the business problem that you're trying to solve. Sounds like the same training. Sounds like the exact same training. Mm-hmm. It sounds like they've changed the, changed their talk <laughs> tracks a little bit, which is probably probably a good thing. Um, well, uh, I want to you know shout out all of our gongsters watching today uh, who've made 2020 successful for for us as well. Uh, we're growing really quickly this year. We're, we're doubling, and 
I'm curious if you have any advice to help our employees to keep up that daily intensity that's needed to drive that growth while also keeping an eye on the long game and, and favoring the long term. I would say there's there's two sides to the coin there uh, in terms of keeping the intensity and making sure that you're productive every single day and giving it your all. Um, you know, I think what's really critical uh, to that is making sure that you have the right mindset and life balance um, so that way you can be intense every single day at work. I think with the pandemic um, has brought a lot of um, I would say just mental health issues in general. Um, Log Me In, for example, has self-care days that we offer monthly just to make sure that people are rejuvenating and have the right mindset and they're taking uh, care of the, themselves both physically and mentally. And once you do that and you're eating healthy and you're sleeping and you have the right mindset, then you can absolutely bring it your all and in, in intensity every single day. And I think one of the recommendations and things that we do at Log Me In is preparing for every single day and week and having a plan in place. So we ask our sales reps every Friday at the end of the day to create the plan for the next week. And so really um, having a strict time management um, kind of calendar of events, even, you know, like calling out the accounts, the contacts you're calling, um, when you're going to do prospecting versus renewal calls or account reviews, um, and really just having a real solid uh, uh, plan in place and, and really just preparing for the week ahead and, and, and having a view into what that looks like. Um, and then I think the other critical thing is, um, you know, sales reps are so driven, right, to make money. And I think that's a given, but, you know, we also get into sales because we have goals, right? And so having your profess, you know, professional Uh, and personal goals in place um, and in front of you at all times to be a reminder of why you need to work hard every single day to achieve that is something that I recommend um, to make sure that you keep that intensity and, again, can give it your all each and every day. Sounds like you have good PNR preparation and rest. I'm curious, as a quota carrier, it can be challenging to take days off because, you know, the quotas don't and the pipeline always needs to be built. I'm wondering if your team or how you combat if your team has any kind of tentativeness or caution on, you know, taking those rest days. Absolutely. Um, Because, yeah, you know, there's only so many um, hours of selling, Um, but it is critical because if not, you you burn out. Um, And so I think it is critical to take the time that you need um, and you're going to be just as productive. Um, You know, again, I think that's why our company even shuts down one day a month. I think what, you know, the fact that we're all um, forced to, again, work from home and not be in the office, um, there actually tends to be more meetings, right, Um, than we've ever had before, which means it's harder to, to get work done. And so, Um, you know, I think it's about working smart, right. Um, and not feeling like you constantly have to be working. It's about, um, again, doing the right behaviors and being prepared. Um, but yeah, I think reps can be just as productive by taking their time and again, using that to make sure that they have the right mindset and life balance and they're rejuvenated. So that way they can give it their all when they're working. So Jill, you mentioned that one of your priorities is building a coaching culture. And 
coaching has has changed over the past few years. You know, part of that is due to the pandemic. Part of it is due to virtual work. Uh, part of it is due to technology that's available. Um, how has working from home made it either easier or harder to effectively coach your team? Yeah, I would say uh, it's definitely made it harder. Um, and that's why we're so thankful that we have Gong um, because, you know, traditional coaching and kind of coaching 1.0 is, you know, again, uh, being in the office and being able to overhear a conversation or uh, a rep kind of walking across the hall to go talk to another rep uh, to kind of brainstorm on uh, a deal. Um, and so now that we're kind of all isolated working from home, um, I think it's become harder. And, you know, when I think of coaching, it's, it's, you know, number one and the most critical thing is observation and then modeling what you want the rep to do um, and then why you want them to do it. And so the observing has been extra hard now that we're all working from home. So I think, again, uh, Gong has helped us tremendously to really efficiently uh, observe what our reps are doing um, and the techniques they're using in sales conversations um, and by commenting on calls um, and again, saving calls in the library, it's just, again, brought it to the next level for us and helped us to make data you know, driven decisions. And so, um, so yeah, I would say harder, but now with gong um, more efficient um, and uh, again, easier um, than it's ever been before. All right, everyone, in every episode, we have a data breakout, a quick sidebar to look at the data. Being in the middle of a winning streak always feels great, but it's important to remember that success in sales is a long-term proposition. What's working today may not work as well or at all tomorrow. That's why we were a bit surprised to learn that according to HubSpot research, nearly six in 10 salespeople said that when they figure out what works for them, they don't change it. That means that most salespeople are at risk for falling behind when the selling environment changes. If you want to be successful in the long run, you'll need to stay open to new ideas and approaches. Stay tuned to the micro action at the end of the episode for tips to help your team stay competitive and sharp. On the modeling piece, I suspect that's harder, particularly for enterprise reps, because um, they're often maybe more more guarded with their accounts or uh, in the old days we were, those interactions were often in person. How do you create that model behavior for your enterprise reps? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, and to your point, so I've um, moved into this new position this year and um you know, we're again, shifting to more of a coaching culture, but, uh, it's, it takes time, right? I think there's older reps where they're more traditional and frankly, um, they're not used to, um, again, kind of the insight. And it's a little scary where, you know, they feel vulnerable where anyone can listen to their calls. Um, and I think oftentimes they feel it's, you know, big brother. And so, it's really reassuring them and highlighting the reason we got the the tool in the first place is not to slap anyone's hand. It's really to collaborate and the sum is greater than the whole of its parts, right? Is they, you know, we can all learn from each other and um, they still have many techniques they can still approve upon. And, you know, maybe some of their behaviors have um, kind of reverted. And so it's a, it's a constant education. And I, and I would say we're kind of in that evolution and, um, 
we're still, again, moving um, some of those enterprise reps uh, over into, again, using the tool, but some were not there yet. Um, and so one of the best practices, um, you know, that we, we do is we interview um, top reps on big wins that they have. Um, and the ones that are eager, we share their calls. And I think the more that they're seeing other folks share, the more comfortable they are, right? And again, it's just about easing them into, into the tool, but um, it's definitely certainly been harder with our enterprise reps um, versus, um, I would say, our mid-market reps that um, are a little younger um, and um, really crave the coaching. I really like how you framed that as, uh, you know, if you have a big deal, we'll interview you. And if you really want, you can share your calls and show how great you did. Because now what you're doing is kind of creating a stage to, to celebrate mm-hmm. uh, their wins. So I really enjoy that. Uh, one of our focuses here at Gong in 2021 is the complete coaching solution that we've recently launched, uh, coaching deals, coaching to the coaches and more. I'd love to hear from you, Jill. What can we do on the technology side to help continue to push sales coaching forward for you and your organization? A few thoughts. Again, the tool is fantastic. Um, you know, I think, you know, building out more reporting and dashboards to make it uh, even more efficient for me as a leader to make data-driven decisions is something I would love to see. Um, sometimes, um, I'm not even sure what to look for. I think Jefferson has been fantastic in helping us to kind of mine that data um, and kind of pull out those key nuggets that we weren't even aware of because sometimes you don't even know what to look for, right? Um, and so an example might be um, I need to build out a tracker, right, because we want to um, handle objections better for uh, LastPass, for example. And something like that, you know, objection handling can be done in so many different ways where um, so many different terms are used. It's you know, so sometimes I struggle with, um, you know, how do, how do I build the best tracker, right? Um, um, you know, help me with that or help me mine the competition. You know, we, um, we took Gong data and the competition data, and we actually uh, imported it into Salesforce, and we're building some reports off of that in terms of looking at one lot's data in the competition and then looking at how often they come, uh, competition comes up across um, deals in the sales cycle, um, to again, see of any early entrants that we're not aware of, or just how common, uh, competition is coming up, but, you know, even taking that to the next level, um, you know, with, with dashboards, um, that are kind of pre-built, um, anything that can help us make more data, uh, driven decisions. Um, the other thing I would say is, um, you know, the AI, uh, kind of engine of the technology or even the translations, um, is something I think, um, that could be improved. And again, LogMeIn has AI technology. We struggle with this as well, where AI, I think, is improved, but there's still a ton of improvement that can be made. Um, but for us, it's all about how can we make data-driven decisions that can have the biggest impact for our organization. And I think with more um, analytics and reporting and dashboards, that can be really help, helpful to help us just mine the, mine the data quickly and efficiently. We have something at Gong, which is one of our operating principles. Sheena's smiling because she probably knows where I'm going with this. It's called no sugar, which means just give me the straight feedback. What do you really think? So, Jill, I'm going to upload this call into Gong so our product team can hear it. Uh, looking at you, Ohad, who runs our research <laughs> and development. 
So Jill, you are clearly a power user of Gong. Um, you've been able to dive into the data and, and glean a lot of these super interesting insights and things you, as you mentioned, you didn't even think to look at before. How do you take some of that knowledge, that intel, and share that across the organization? And or do you have examples of where data from Gong has been helpful even outside of sales? So how do we share the data? Um, again, when we look at um, sales reps and trying to improve their performance and develop them, we look at three things. We look at behaviors. So are they, you know, are they doing the key metrics required in the role and the KPIs, you know, the calls and the meetings? Um, we look at attitudes. Are they positive and are they engaged at work? And then lastly, what are their sales techniques, right? Mm-hmm. And so we try to share um, the, the sales techniques that are taking place with our top performers, and we do that a lot. And so we tend to share their calls more often, uh, save them in the library more often, um, you know, to give them that kudos. And again, they tend to negotiate better, build rapport better, um, handle objections better. And so um, we do as much sharing um, as we as we can, um, you know, when we see new techniques that are taking place or uh, areas where we want them to model. Um, and then, you know, I think in terms of outside of sales, um, what we have done is captured the voice of the customer uh, quite often and sent it to our product team. So our product team will always reach out to the sales leaders to say, Hey, um, you know, what are you seeing lately with the competition? I'll give you an example. Um, we have a technology called bold 360. Uh, it's a chat bot and we were coming up against this one competitor, uh, quite often. And, um, they were asking for all this anecdotal information. And I would say we're a large company where we've acquired so many different technologies over the years. We don't always have a full view of the customer because it's different Salesforce instances, uh, order management systems, e-commerce systems. But to make a long story short, they'll reach out to me or other leaders. And we don't have a, I would say, statistically valid way to pull the data. It's just anecdotally, right? Right. And so with Gong, we're able to quickly pull every conversation where maybe, you know, or deal where we've like lost to a competitor and then share that to the product team and actually grab the snippet of the customer talking. And so that's been really powerful for us to say, hey, don't, you know, listen to the sales reps. Don't listen to me. Listen to our customers. This is exactly what they said about this feature in Bold 360 that our competitor is doing better than us. Can we fix this piece? And so that's been really powerful. Yeah, it's kind of that finger pointing. A bit of that is gone. And everybody trusts the voice of the customer. They may not trust the voice of me and you. <laughs> yes. yeah. And it's just you can, you can uh, capture so much more. Uh, you can mine the data by, again, just we built a tracker specifically for this competitor. Um, and it's been really easy to kind of mine that and send that over. Um, so, yeah, it's been great. LogMeIn has recently transitioned to a permanent remote-centric company. Where do you, Jill, see, you know, work from home versus in office in a year from now when COVID is hopefully behind us? Is working from home something that you see being the norm over the long term or, or maybe some kind of like hybrid split of a couple of days in the office and a couple of days from home? What do you think will happen? 
Yeah, I think it's going to be a hybrid. This is a, a huge topic at Globian. Uh, this is, you know, we're we're the work from anywhere company, and our CEO talks about this a lot. And I think with the pandemic where everyone was forced to work from home, uh, it's almost been the biggest uh, experiment in history <laughs> in terms of companies having their employees uh, work from home. And I think one of the insights that our CEO and uh, CHRO shared was that um, our employees are just as productive working from home uh, and actually, in fact, happier. And so specifically at Log Me In, um, there's personas that they've identified for us and the employees get to choose uh, what they want to do once the pandemic ends, if they want to go into the office or if they want to be fully remote or if they want to be hybrid. And I think that's the future. Um, I think, again, the smart CEOs, I think, are realizing when you give your employees a choice, they're happier um, and they can be just as productive. Um, and again, that work-life balance is really so critical to having um, the most productive employees. So I firmly believe that the shift is more hybrid. Um, you know, of course, there are still many traditional companies that require and need their employees in the office um, or, again, want them in the office. But I think the shift is definitely swung to more um work from home or giving your employees a choice. Um, and so I definitely think it's going to be more hybrid than we've ever seen before. Uh, and there's also costs uh, associated uh, savings with, with it as well. So a lot of benefits. And again, I think many employees have shown to um, the leaders in these organizations that they can be just as productive um, and again, have a better balance. I think we hear the same kind of themes and perspectives from a lot of the folks that we've spoken to both on Reveal and just uh, from our customer base as well, uh, that while there are so many benefits to being remote and being in the office, right, there, there's, there's a trade-off there, we definitely look forward to the day when we can have GKOs like this in person. That is definitely yes. something that we miss. <laughs> Yeah, I, w- I would agree. I would say the downside um, and one of, one of the things we've seen and, and didn't expect is, again, it doesn't work for everybody. There's so many people that want to be in the office and they crave the social interaction. And so it's, it's really hard to try to replicate an in-person SKO to virtual, right? It's really, really hard. And so I think um, people are dying to have the the social interactions um, and there's a lot to be said for that as well. And I think um, people are are thrilled to, again, have that choice um, when it's all over. Yeah, we certainly miss miss um, seeing seeing our employees or seeing our peers in the office. So this brings us to our, our final topic of the day. Um, you know, you are clearly a successful female leader in sales, and as such, you're you're really bucking the trend. Um, you know, we'll bring in the data. So, according to CEB, only 19% of women in sales are in leadership positions, and the sales industry actually has the second biggest gender equity gap uh, versus other industries, which is quite you know pretty crazy. What can we be doing as an industry to help close this gap and bring more women into leadership roles? Yeah, it's a really great question. It's a topic we talked about at our SKO as well. Um, uh, And I think uh, it's not only women in sales. I'd almost take it to another level and just say diversity in organizations at the leadership level as well. Logmean just hired our first ever head of diversity and inclusion. 
And, um, you know, I think it's, it's really important to us as a company, as well as top companies out there to be educated on the topic. That's the most important thing as to why it's so important. And so the data shows that if you have a more diverse organization at the leadership level, um, looking at, you know, race, sex, sexual orientation, you have more innovation and you have more diverse ideas, which makes you, you know, better decision making and a more profitable company overall. And so we talk about this um, a lot. And again, we have a head of diversity and inclusion, and it's looking at it as a business problem that you want to solve. And so I think my, my suggestion to the industry is to uh, be educated on the topic and to uh, make improvements at your organization by speaking to HR and speaking to your executives. So some of the things that we're looking at is is the problem in recruiting new females into sales? Is that where the problem is? Or is it actually in promoting them? And is that because of unconscious biases that we have? Is it how we go about our recruiting? Um, is it about not sponsoring enough females um, to move to leadership? Um, there's actually a difference in sponsorship versus mentorship. And um, a, a lot of times it's because not enough females or diverse candidates are, aren't sponsored. And so I think, you know, my um, suggestion is it's a topic um, that needs to be at the leadership level and um, it needs to be treated as a business problem. And to start, it's about being educated and, um, and talking about it, right, and being aware of uh, why it's so important. And then, you know, starting at the grassroots level, I, uh, I'm a co-leader in our women empowerment group, which is an employee resource group. Um, and we have a lot of different groups at, at log me in that, that is one. Um, but we're front and center and really loud on the topics and really educate, um, our employee base on, on why it's so important. And so I think education is key and really just starting off again at, at grassroots level if if your leadership isn't setting the stage yet for for the initiatives. When you look back at your own career, I'm sure there may be some moments or some people or some experiences that helped you get promoted within your own within your own track. Could you highlight a couple of those specific instances that you think really contributed to get you where you are today? Yeah, I think um you know, I, I would say took control of my own career by, I would say, reaching out to leaders that I could learn from um, and that I asked to be mentors um, to me. Um, and I think that was, you know, that was instrumental um, where I think um, reaching out and kind of asking for help, but not you know, I think many um, folks reach out to mentors or sponsors and they ask specifically, what can I do versus taking control kind of of their own career path and kind of going for that next career. I think the other thing in thinking back is I push myself outside of my comfort zone. If you think about um, a lot of the research shows females in particular, uh, when applying to new jobs, feel like they have to master everything in that job uh, criteria or description. They want to master like nine out of 10 before they apply, whereas men might feel like they only need to master three before they apply. And so, um, you know, one of the things that I did was wasn't afraid to fail and always went for and applied for the position that, that um, 
I wasn't ready for yet um, and kind of put myself out there. And again, I feel like I took more control of my career by reaching out to um, many of my male peers that I asked to be uh, mentors uh, to me um, and or to help sponsor me uh, to get to the next level. Yeah, taking control, not feeling like you have to wait for somebody to come to you to help out is is really, really important. If I look back on my own career, I would say that that's a critical aspect of it as well. No pressure, Jill, but we asked the same question to all of our guests. So please tell us, how would you describe sales in one word? Fast-paced. I love when people slide a hyphen in there and, and make it look that's, that's even better. It's tough. I mean, that was tough. That's a real tough one word. You, you could leave it at fast pace. If you want to elaborate on why fast pace, you do have an audience, but totally up to you. I think sales is never dull and it's always super exciting. Um, you know, I was uh, an athlete. Uh, growing up and it's competitive and, but you're, you're, you're in control, right? You're in control of your, your territory and um, you know, your OTE and your CEO of your, your own um, territory. And so I think um, again, sales is wild, but you know exactly where you stand and it's never boring and it's always fast, which makes it really fun. Well, Jill, It has been a real pleasure having you here on Reveal today and joining our GKO. Uh, I'm sure the audience had a real pleasure. They took away a lot of tips. Um, So really, thanks again from all of us for being here today. Thanks, Joe. Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate it. We love the technology. um, And so, so excited. Um, Congratulations on your amazing 2020 year. Uh, I know you guys are growing like crazy and uh, again, just want to say I uh, love the technology. It makes a huge impact on um, our culture and what we're doing each and every day. And so excited to bring it to the next level. Every week, we like to bring you a micro action, something you can think about or put into play. Here are some tips to help your team stay competitive and effective during good times, as well as times that are a bit more challenging. First, coach all your reps, including your top performers so they can continuously build on their strengths. Second, encourage reps to listen to their own and their peers' calls and model the most effective techniques. Third, don't assume that you know what's going on during calls or that your reps are using what they've learned in training. And last, help reps avoid burnout by striking the right balance between downtime and productive time. Hey, Devin here. Can I make a super quick ask? I bet our VP of sales that we can get to 100 podcast reviews before Q1 ends. That's March 31st for us. It's a gentleman's wager for bragging rights because I love telling him I told you so. And we're already at 73 reviews. So I'm hoping you can help push us over the edge. All you have to do is take 27 seconds to give Reveal a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It's that simple. I appreciate it. And thanks for the help. Did you like today's episode? Subscribe now so next week's episode will be waiting for you on Monday. And if you really like the podcast, please leave a review. Five-star reviews go a long way to help get the word out there. And if you're not ready to give a five, check out another episode and see if we've won you over by then. And if you have any feedback or you want us to interview one of your favorite revenue leaders, just email us at reveal at gong.io.